your Bibles and turn back to James chapter 1. We might finish chapter 1 by the end of the year. No promises. But if you'll turn with me to James chapter 1, we are going to look at the last two verses. And we've been talking about true faith uh, all through chapter 1, what, what real faith looks like. James wants us to take our faith and then live it out uh, to, to work, do work in our faith. Uh, the words, the, the doing of our faith is, is all seen through chapter 1. And so we're going to wrap up the last two verses of chapter 1. And today is true faith leads to pure religion. So let me read to you verses 26 and 27. And it says, if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father, is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So there's a statement that says Christianity is a relationship, not a religion. Absolutely. Uh, we are not about the religious aspect of who we are as Christians. It's really all about Jesus. It's only all about Jesus. It's about our relationship with Jesus. It is about his work in our life. That is what Christianity is. So let me add to this, though, that because of our relationship with Jesus, then comes a pure and true religion. Then comes the religious aspect of who we are as Christians. And so what does it mean to be religious? Being religious is what you're doing right now. You're at church. You're in a sanctuary. You left your house this morning after getting dressed, drove over here safely, I hope, without the ice, and you're here doing religious things. We went to Bible study. We've sung some songs. We're listening to a sermon. Those are religious things. Being a part of activities of a church, activities of your religion is being religious. And James is saying there's a worthless religion and then there is a pure religion. So the worthless part is kind of what he's been talking about this whole chapter, uh, chapter one. So the worthless part, verse 26, is saying if you think you're religious but you're not holding your tongue back, you're not really taking this faith that you have in Jesus and living it out. So religious really is all these things that we do as a church. So can you show up to church and not have a relationship with Jesus? Yeah. You can, you can act all of this stuff out. And do you know the secret answer to every single Sunday school question there is? Jesus, right? You, can, you know Jesus. You can save Jesus without having him as Lord and Savior of your life. Am I right? There, you can be a fake Christian and be at church and no one will know the difference. Not suggesting that, but I'm saying it can happen because that's the religious part. We need to look at what a, a true religion is, and that is a relationship with Jesus. So James is warning us about just showing up, just doing the right things, doing all the religious activities doesn't make you a Christian. And does it, your faith isn't real. It's worthless. And he's not necessarily talking about hypocrites, because that's usually the go-to line, right? I'm not going to church. It's a bunch of hypocrites. You know, they say one thing, they do another. Well, we're going to mess up. Absolutely. Uh, we are not perfect. 
And a hypocrite really is blatantly going against your faith or your religion or your relationship with God when you leave this place. So pulling out of the parking lot, flick a switch, and you're living your own life. That's a hypocrite where you're just, I want to do, be a fake Christian in church so I look good, and then I'm really going to live my own life. Versus a true Christian, a pure, someone with a pure religion, you're pursuing all things of Jesus. Jesus is Savior of your life, but man, it's it's harder out there. It's a lot more difficult when we get throw culture in, our, our work environment, home environment. We're not surrounded by other Christians and have a great time of worship like I pray that we've all had already. So there's this, there's a, a difference. But let's, James is like, don't deceive yourself. And that's what that warning is. Don't deceive yourself thinking you can show up, do religious things, and you're okay, that your faith is okay. It's so much more than that. And there's an element to what we have on Sunday mornings that if you go to camp or you've gone on a mission trip, you also experience. So I call it the SCE. All right, I just made that up this morning. It's a Sunday slash camp experience. You've all been there. It's like, why, why can't my faith be this amazing like it is at camp? Why can't my faith be amazing? I'm so pumped up on Sunday morning. This is awesome. I'm ready for the week. Five minutes off the parking lot, you're like, oh, man, I'm right back into my mindset. Now, we don't consciously think that. But here's what has happened is you, we, you've surrounded yourself. We've surrounded ourselves with other Christians. We've surrounded ourselves in worship and in Bible study. So what happens at camp all week, on a mission trip, you're serving all day, you're at church for the morning, you're worshiping and serving God. And we've got to realize that it is a, it's a faith growth process. Am I right? When we leave this place, it's more difficult and our faith truly is tested. And that's where a true religion comes in, that we can be religious all day in the, in the walls of this building. But can we have a true, pure religion because of our relationship with God when we leave this property? And that's, that's where James is warning about. Don't be deceived. It's more than just the outward activities. It's about the heart. It's about your faith. So what happens on Sunday is so important. This is vital to our week. I mean, I thrive on Sunday mornings and back in the day, pre-COVID, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, all of our stuff. But it's also what happens on Monday. It actually might even be a little bit more important on what happens Monday. Am I right? We're not enjoying great worship time. There's podcasts to listen to and music and all of that. But Really, your test of faith happens when you're at work, when you're at home, when you're with friends and neighbors. So the things that we're doing now, that our religious activities are so important, but it's so much more than that on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and the rest of the week. And James is like, don't be deceived. And also be careful of your words. Be careful of what you are speaking and what you are saying. Something a little bit, a few verses back when he said to be slow to speak. Because sometimes it's easy to, to talk a good talk. Talk about your faith, talk about being a good Christian, but you're living differently. And First Corinthians 13.1 warns about that. If I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And as Christians, we can... Like I said, we can, we can know all the right answers, especially if you've grown up in church. We can say them as we leave this place, wherever we are at work. But if you don't have it 
saturated in your relationship with Jesus Christ and in his love, then it's worthless. The words mean nothing. Your faith is not a true faith. And that's what James is warning us about. So even bridling our tongue, being careful of what we're saying, if we're not truly trying to to act that out and live that out, is important. We've got to talk the talk, but more importantly, walk the walk. And that's important, and that's what James is talking about. So not only do we need to live our lives on Sunday in our faith, easier here at church and live it out on Monday, we've got to talk on Sunday morning like we talk on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. There's got to be that consistency and not be deceiving of ourselves. So faith leads to a pure religion. So let's talk about a pure religion, what it means to really be in a relationship with God, really have our actions and our words live out what our faith is. And like I said, we fail epically. I fail so much more than you all, but it's the pursuit of, and it's trying to reveal Christ in our life to to those who are around us. So we defined religion or being religious as the outward aspect of our faith. A pure religion truly takes what we have and what we've learned in this relationship with Jesus, and it affects everything that we do everywhere that we go. And so verse 27 says, a pure religion and one that God loves is to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So here's this picture of taking care of visiting orphans and widows. And it's just an example that James is using. If that was really the key to our a true pure religion, then we would be taking care of our widows and orphans and then that's it, right? It's so much bigger than that. But James is like, you've got to take care of these who are in desperate need. And to visit is so much more than just show up, especially now in COVID times, you drop off a little care package, uh, ring the doorbell and take off. Who'd have thunk, thunk that a ding-dong ditch was a, a good thing, right? That and walking into a bank with a mask on, something weird about this time. So, but it's more than just show up and visit. It is truly being an overwatch, a watchman. Uh, night at the museum, you've got Larry the watchman, who takes on his job at the museum, didn't have a clue what he was in for, right? And as things got a little weird in the museum, he probably could have just taken off, right? Quit his job, been done, but no, he went all in, didn't he? Uh, in the chaos of all these items and characters coming to life, Larry had his hands full. It's kind of what Jesus wants us to do with our widows and our orphans when we visit is to go all in, Go all in in what their life brings, all in in the mess of their life. We truly get our hands dirty in the life of those that we visit. And that's the amount of care and the level of love that James is talking about. Don't just say we're going to take care of them. Truly invest anything and all of our resources, our time, into the lives of those who desperately need us. And it's with love. If we're not doing it with love, it doesn't mean anything. I had a great compliment when Tyler graduated from Ohio State. Because you, you think, all right, people, they don't really see me. I can put on a good face at church. But they don't, they're not around all the time. Well, my kids were. And I didn't realize how much they picked up. And he said this. 
Uh, he said, thanks to my dad for teaching me to treat everyone like they are family. Um, and I didn't know that what I was doing and trying to, to live out my faith by loving others, even strangers, as family, that, that close, who knows what, what their life is going to bring. And I don't know that all the time, but you, we've got to be willing to go all in in our relationships and truly love on them. And that's what James is talking about with this example of widows and, and orphans. And there is a desperate need in Bible times for the widows and orphans. They were not part of society, especially widows without a husband. Your orphans, in some translations, say fatherless. There's such a need to have moms and dads in the lives of our children. And that example was perfect for James's time and our time, that even today our widows and orphans are in desperate need. That didn't hit me until I got to this. My dad had passed, and I knew who doesn't know you need to take care of widows, right? There's a need there. They've lost a spouse. Didn't hit me to the level that it did now until mom now is living without dad. And I'm way far away. Actually, my other two brothers are way far away. And the, everything heightened. Like, mom, did you go grocery shopping? You know, are you sleeping okay? Like, all these questions I never had to ask her before. Because she now has less resources available. This relationship with her husband who that is gone now. And so I'm checking with the church, check, you know, making sure mom's taken care of, especially, especially in this time. So there's a need there. There's the orphans, the fatherless. I love that our church is a cross-generational church. And it's not just for discipleship programming. It's not just make sure everyone's got activities. No, there's truly a need for the children in our church who don't have a mom or dad, especially maybe a mom or dad who don't come to church to love on these children. And it might be the only one or two hours a week that they get this true love and attention from adults. So love Pastor Wayne, and he's in the right place uh, right now. For all of us, as we do even the high fives, you've, well, we can't do that anywhere. Now it's the elbow bumps. We're all going to end up with, you know, these calluses on our elbows by the time COVID's done. But it's even attention. It's loving on our children as a cross-generational church, but not just our children, our college age, our youth, our young adults, our middle adults, our older, senior, whatever the proper term is, the well-seasoned adults in our life, whatever. It's All of us need something and need help and need to be connected. And I pray that we continue to do what we do and maybe even continue to do it better. So this example of orphans and widows goes for anyone that's in need. And I pray that we're connected. In 1 Corinthians 13, I read verse 1. Let me read verse 3. It says, If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but I have not love, I gain nothing. We can do amazing amount of giving of our time, resources, everything. But if we don't do it in love, it's worth nothing. Now turn with me over to Matthew chapter 25, and I'm going to read 35 to 40. Matthew 25, verse 35 to 40. And it says this, For I was hungry, and you prayed that I would get food. 
I was thirsty, and you collected money to send to a ministry that would then provide a bottle of water for me. Gave, is, are you guys on the same translation as I am? No, that's not what it says, is it? It says, I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. There is such a need in our lives. We need time together. We need fellowship. We need encouragement. We need to build each other up. Resources are depleted in, in one area of our life. We have people in our life that can come and surround us and help us. And that physical ministry and that physical sacrifice helps to open up a unhindered experience with Jesus Christ. And that's an important part of who we are as a church, to continue to not only take care of our orphans and widows, we need to be aware of everyone and all of us to be connected to each other as we continue to glorify God in all that we do. And then it ends with keep oneself unstained from the world. This personal worship, this relationship with Jesus, the world can't affect, but it does. We allow it. We leave. We get distracted. And James is warning, don't let the outside world distract you and, and bring you down and cause a struggle of attention and time spent and and even our resources towards things that aren't of God. When it's like, well, then let's withdraw from the world. That's not what it says, does it? We are still called to be in the world, just not of the world. There's a great ministry in the world because there is a world that is lost without Jesus. And we've got to be able to infiltrate our world with our faith, leaving the walls of this church and truly live out our faith and affect those who are in desperate need. And that's part of being in the world. And James is like, don't let them, don't let that influence be stronger than your faith. Beware of that. But there's still work to be done. And looking at Jesus' example, Jesus lived in this world. And all throughout, we see that he did it without sin. And we talked about that a few weeks ago, that because of his strength, living in this world without sin, we also have that same strength. Are we going to blow it? Absolutely. But it's still our pursuit to live and do all things. So let's take a look at this because this is going to set us up for chapter 2 as well. So relationship with Jesus leads to religion, a pure religion. If we have a relationship with Jesus, all of our religious activities are pure because we are doing it in our love for Jesus. Going back a few verses... Hearing leads to doing. Okay, we're hearing the things of Jesus. We're pursuing this faith in Jesus. It leads to us doing. So here, hearing leads to doing. Coming up in chapter 2, talks about faith and works. So this applies also. Faith leads to works. Okay, you can't flip these around. Works doesn't lead to faith. Doing doesn't lead to hearing. And Religion doesn't really lead to a relationship. 
Okay, it, it's important part of what we do as a church, our religious activities, and many people have come to Christ because you have brought them to church. And that's an important piece, but the, the, the piece is having a relationship with Jesus. And then the religious part becomes pure. Hearing the things of Jesus and not just hearing, doing. And then having our faith. And if our faith is truly saturated and overflowing in a relationship with Jesus and our love for him, then it's going to come out in our works. So here's this picture that James is getting us all set up for. As I close up this morning, I want us to talk about our church. Because 2021, here we come. And this passage reminded me of the direction that I want us to continue as a church. And our first and foremost priority is to connect people to Jesus. Uh, to make sure that everyone has access to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That everyone has access to scripture and worship all centered on Jesus. I give you absolute permission to, if I never say the name of Jesus from this pulpit, that you call me out immediately. I don't have my phone anymore on Sundays, but you text, if I have my phone in my pocket, you text me like, uh, pastor, you didn't say Jesus. Please, always from this pulpit, always in our classrooms, in Bible study, VBS, all ages, Jesus has to be pointed to. Um, and that is who we are as a church. So we need to be connected to Jesus and develop this relationship with God and make sure everyone has full access to Jesus through Bible study, worship, ministries, anything that we do points to Jesus. And then taking a look at the widows and orphans, we all need to be connected to each other. We all need to be connected as a family. I don't want anyone falling through the cracks. It pretty much terrifies me knowing that, and I know all of you at home are watching, we're only been at about 30% capacity of who's been coming back to church. There's something about coming to the building, being a part, and I realize it's the safest thing. This is not a guilt thing whatsoever. But my concern is when we get back, I don't want to say that we've lost anyone in our church family. I want to make sure that we are connected, that you are connected at home, and and we continue. That's been a an important piece of this during COVID. But I need help, and we all need help. And I don't want anyone dropping through the cracks during this time. And I want it even now, and especially someday when we're back to normal, <clears throat> and not to hunt you down. This is going to sound really weird, but if you miss church for a couple of weeks, I want you to know that you're missed. Okay, not, hey, where are you? Where's your money? Where's your time? Needed you in worship kids style? No, not that. Is that I, I miss you, that you're missed. I want us to feel missed. I want us to make sure if someone's got the sniffles that they're okay. Um, and so we have a lot of work to do, but that's, and we do pretty good. I'm not saying we're not doing great, but we can do better. So I want us connected to each other. And then I want us connected to the community. And it has blown my mind how much God has used us as a church during COVID. We have done some amazing things that even without COVID were, was amazing in our community. Um, and I want us to be the church that is always willing to do anything and everything that we can. We've got the resources. We've got the manpower. We definitely have the love to make that happen. So I want us to continue to do that. And let me tell you a cool thing that happens when that 
when we are in the community. Do you know what that does? That brings light to a dark world. That brings Jesus' name to those who don't need him, which then causes them to be connected to Jesus. Are you following the cycle? <clears throat> so we've got to make sure people are connected to Jesus, make sure we're connected, taken care of, loved on, especially our widows and orphans, love on the community to continue to be an outreach and a light to this world for them to be connected back to Jesus. Um, that's what I want us to be about as a church. And please, 2021, here we come. And I'm glad you guys are with me on this. Um, love you all very much. Let's close in prayer as we uh, kind of continue and in that, our time of worship. But we're not done. I mean, it's a worship time all the time. If our faith and love is in our salvation in Jesus Christ, then we are not done with worship as we close up and, and walk out of this building. It needs to happen all the time. So please pray with me. Father, I thank you for this morning, for the reminder of this faith that you've given us, this amazing gift of a relationship with Jesus, that we not only just learn all of that and not only hear all of that and sing and do all of our church stuff, but it, it truly affects our heart and our soul, that it affects everything that we do as we leave this place. I pray for opportunities for us to glorify you in our lives with different witnessing opportunities or ministry or service to anyone and everyone. May your light shine brightly in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.